It's time for JT the Brick. How are we doing? Baby, I'm great. JT, how are you doing? What do we want to talk about with the Raiders? So I want to see an interception. I want to see some sacks. Raiders come with four. Here comes the fifth rusher. And he's sacked. Deshaun Bauer had him around the waist. And the Raiders defense holds on fourth down. And then your boy JT got it right. JT the Brick. Always, always great to be with the Brick. I don't spend a lot of time on teams that don't make the playoffs. We talk about what matters in championships and winning here. It's Big Boy Radio. That is the best atmosphere in a preseason game that I've ever been a part of. And that's easy to say that, clearly. Get your ass out here and get ready. Here we go. And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you live from the Raiders, the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. What a day, what a day. I think we got a monster show lined up for you. I just interviewed the head coach. Josh McDaniels will play that tomorrow because we're packed today. We'll give the coach a Friday as he is back from the bye week. Went and saw his son play high school football, which was a really cool conversation. Josh McDaniels knocked out that interview a little while ago. And we just found out we're going to get the GM, Dave Ziegler, who's going to join me at 1.30. Really excited to talk to Dave about the season so far, the slow start, what the Raiders need to do to turn it around. Trade deadline is coming up. Uh, the injuries, everything that you would ask a GM, the GM of the Silver and Black. Dave Ziegler will join me at 1.30 along with Vic Tafer, who's at practice right now as I'm looking out at practice here from this beautiful studio. And we got a lot happening today. Vin Sapienza, one of our insiders, is going to Check us out, too. And then I got the voice of the Texans here in about two or three minutes. So we are packed. We want to hear from you. Let's get going. Let's, let's give this a playoff atmosphere. As I always tell you, we're one of the few NFL flagship radio stations in America, around the world. Let's take advantage of the format. And I want to welcome in the Castaverde Law Group, my friends, the family here in Nevada, personal injury attorneys, now proud partners of our show, uh, DeCastaverde Law Group, when you get into an accident, you get into a car accident, anything happens, slip or fall, and you need the family to come in and help with their great track record in this town. I've known Alex a while. I sit near him at the Raider games. He is diehard Raider Nation, and I'm proud that he's going to partner with our show. So we want to welcome in a great law group with a tremendous track record in the state of Nevada. What they've done is incredible here. This family gives back in the community. I've known this family for a long time, and I'm thrilled that they're a proud partner of our show. We welcome in the Castaverde Law Group as proud partners of our show, and it's a good day to do it because we're loaded up, and they're listening, and if you get into an accident, we'll give you all the information. You're going to hear a lot from them coming up here as they're a proud partner of the show. Big game. I just talked to the coach about it, and the big takeaway for me is the fact that they got to play a basic football team that does everything ground and pound. They don't do a lot of flashy stuff, and this is a backyard brawl. It's an absolute backyard brawl with a team that will not be flashy. It doesn't look like they're going to be flashy. They're going to come in, they're going to run it with a really good young running back, and they're going to defend. And they keep you out of the end zone with their red zone defense, which is ranked fourth. Uh-oh, this is not a walkover at Allegiant Stadium because the Raiders only have one win. And the Texans, with their win and their tie, this is a big game. And it's very important that the Raiders take care of business coming off the bye week and what they need to do here. So when I look at this game, I don't want this game to be close, and it will be close. And I'm sure they're saying it on the Texans' side too because 
Mark Vandermeer, kind enough to join us, one of the best voices in all of the NFL, the voice of the Houston Texans, VP of Broadcasting. And Mark, I know you got to be excited to come to see this jewel in the desert, Allegiant Stadium. How are you? Uh, doing great, JT. Yeah, I am, because, you know, it's the fourth time the Texans have played the Raiders in the regular season since 2014, and all four games have been at a different location when you think about Oakland, NRG in Houston, and Mexico City, and yes. now Vegas. So that's interesting for us. And, of course, this is our first ever trip to Vegas for an NFL game. I've been there many times, of course. This is going to be very cool. But you're right about this matchup. You know, the, I think it's going to be a close game into the fourth quarter like a lot of NFL games are, and we'll see who makes the plays. Yeah, exactly. I want to stay with the trip coming out here because we've seen all the other teams and their fans come out here, and they can't wait. This, If you're in the division with them, and to be in conference is one thing. If you were consistently playing the Raiders, you would feel that this is the road trip for your fans every year. So when Houston gets an opportunity, are your fans energized? This is a big trip. I know not all of them can come here, but they got to be excited. I know they're going to be road tripping out here to the city of sin. What are you hearing? It's a huge trip for the, we call them the traveling Texans, right? And they show up in force a lot of places. Even though the team hasn't been as good as they want the last few years, JT, they still travel pretty well. In Mexico City, they traveled very well. That was back in 2016 when they won the division. And I think everyone's really excited about it. You know, it's interesting to me to be in Vegas because, it, you know, it's kind of like, you know, doing one of those residencies for uh, for a performer. You know, the Vegas Raiders are always there, and, and the fans can always come in and see their team play against the Raiders. And that's why I think you have such a built-in uh, – well, look, it, it, could you call it a home field advantage? Yes, because the other team is in Las Vegas. But the other team happens to bring a lot of fans with them to help energize them through whatever that experience is. So I think it's a neat dynamic, and I'm really looking forward to experiencing it. Mark Vandermeer is our guest, voice of the Texans. You know what's interesting? Interesting when hockey started here, Mark, and I know you saw how successful the Golden Knights were. First year they went to the Stanley Cup final, and a lot of teams would come in, and we called it the Vegas flu because the hockey players were out till three in the morning. <laughs> right? You can't do that in the NFL. You know about curfew and about being on the road hotel, and it's not like the old days. We've been doing this both a long time, where you know you can get out and get after it, so you don't have to worry about the road team being at the craps table at four in the morning, tired for the game. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, talk to people about like Kenny Stabler yes. back in the day and going on road trips and what that would be like and maybe not playing the game, you know, with a full deck the next day, but obviously a great winner he was. But yeah, times have really changed. The way nutrition is, the way they take care of themselves, and they really have to be on guard in this particular situation. And I think it's really going to help the Raiders over the years. It's kind of like what South Beach was to the heat for a long time until people got used to it. And South Beach isn't really what it was anyway anymore so I think that helps Mark when I look at the Texans here you're one game back in the loss column with three losses the Titans have two the Colts have two the Jags have four and I want to know what happened in that Jaguar game because you're on the road and to shut them down completely they spent all the money in the offseason they have Trevor Lawrence they got a pretty explosive free agent class on the offensive side and they're known for what they were doing defensively with their edge rushers talk about the Texans in that win and what went right 
You know, the Texans have not lost to the Jaguars since 2017 when they went on that run to the AFC Championship game. And, you know, Lawrence, I think he's good. I think he's got a lot of talent. How could you not think that? But it's just not happening the way they want to see it yet. And the Texans were able to get some yards on the ground. Not a ton, but Damian Pierce is a really good-looking rookie. You'll see him this weekend. Uh, Two games ago, he had a 75-yard touchdown run. Against the Jags, he had a 20-yard run that was talked about even more, even though he didn't score on it because he broke something like five or six tackles along the way and it was just a really hard-nosed run that fires up the entire football team they are really looking forward to seeing him continue to develop and in that game they ran the ball they threw it just well enough and they got after it on defense getting turnovers I mean Lawrence threw a big pick in the end zone to rookie Derek Stingley and if the Texans can get takeaways and just not turn it over themselves which I know is ridiculously simplifying things but for a young team like this that's it these are the young and scrappy Texans if they can play mistake-free they're going to be in these games late. They've been in every game, JT. The fourth quarter, yes. 830 mark on, they've been either within three, up, or something like that. It's been very close. And I know a lot of teams can say that, but even the Charger game, which you look at 34 points scored by the L.A. Chargers at the end of the day, that game was super close. They had a chance to take the lead and didn't do it. Mark Vandermeer is the voice of the Houston Texans. We're thrilled to have him in advance of the road trip coming up here on Sunday. What was the tie like to Indy? Because the Raiders play Indy. The Raiders already beat Denver. You guys lost 16-9. to And the Chargers, the Raiders lost to. And they had the ball with an opportunity in the last possession to go win the game. So these are, as you mentioned, really tight games. What's your perception of the Raiders and all their tight games? They, they blew a 20-point lead against Arizona. And they were up 17 nothing against Kansas City in Kansas City on Monday night. What are people saying in the great state of Texas about the Raiders? Well, don't you feel like every team with three losses or more, they're just kicking themselves? The Broncos kicking themselves. The Raiders kicking themselves. I mean, there's a lot of self-kicking going on here because you know that you have chances to win in the fourth quarter and don't make those plays. But that is the way the league is designed. And every loser in this league can say that at the end of the day. You know, we were right there. Well, so what? You're supposed to be right there. And as hard as it is to swallow, you've got to be able to take that and move on and find a way to execute down the stretch because the winners do and the losers don't. And I think the Texans have a little bit of an alibi here with the second year quarterback and a lot of rookies and you know the way they put things together and they're in a building process here. You know, with the Raiders, and I love Derek Carr, by the way. I mean, Derek Carr and I used to play catch on the Texans sideline at practice when he was in sixth and seventh grade. And he once asked me to announce the games of his youth league team or something. I mean, the kid's got a lot of moxie, and I love yeah. Derek, and I like the Carr family an awful lot. And I think Derek's really good. In Mexico City, he absolutely torched the Texans. Uh, but, you know, obviously they're in a process as well with the new head coach, and you know better than I do what they're going through. Mark Vandermeer, as we wrap it up, I just interviewed the head coach before you came on, and he has a lot of respect. His brother's coaching over there on the other sideline, mm-hmm. and Nick Casario, the relationship with the former Patriots and executives there. There's a lot going on in this game in regards to, um, I have the GM on a little bit later in the show here, Dave Ziegler. He's got a lot of friends there within the organization, so this is an important game for both franchises. I don't think the rest of the country and the league is looking at this game when they see the Texans and the Raiders record, but a lot's on the line to save the season and turn it around and I I talked to the coach about this stat Mark and I wanted to follow up with you this is a top five defense in points the Houston Texans are one of only five teams that have given up less than 100 points that's 99 points they've only given up here that's 19.8 a game on defense so would, would it be fair for me to say that this is a bend don't break defense a really good red zone defense 
Very fair. They give up some yards on the ground, and that's a big problem for them. I mean, uh, Eckler got well against the Texans running the football. A week before, couldn't run it at all in a blowout loss to Jacksonville. And, you know, we've seen various backs kind of chew up the Texans yardage-wise, but they get real good in the red zone, JT. And I think it's, it's going to be fun to watch these young players develop. You're talking about Stingley, Jalen Petrie in the defensive backfield. They've got some talent here. Kurt Heinisch, the rookie from Notre Dame, is in the rotation on the D-line. Uh, getting pressure on quarterbacks has been a bit tough in the last couple of games, so, you know, if Derek has time, obviously you know what's going to happen in that case, and I think Jacobs, you know, there is a good opportunity for him there, but the Texans get good when the opponent gets inside the 20, so we'll see if that continues to happen, and I love the history here, because you mentioned it. McDaniels and Nick Casario, they went to college together. I mean, John Carroll's like one of those hidden gems yeah, with all these is. NFL alums, kind of like Eastern Illinois, you know, it's one of those situations, so it's fun to follow it's going to be an interesting matchup mark last one about you you've had a really great career i wanted to get you on here and play up because not only being the voice of an nfl team we have a brand new one too and jason horowitz who just took over for the raiders but your work with the miami hurricanes in the past umass central michigan just quickly tell us about the arc of your career and how happy you are to have this seat in houston well, I love being the voice of a team, JT, and, you know, I've had chances to, to do other things, but I really love living and dying with a team, and I, I loved being the voice of the Hurricanes, and when I was there, they won the national championship in one It was monumental, and, you know, lucky enough to have Andre Johnson follow me here. Well, he just happened to end up here, and it was great to call almost every game in his college and pro career. I mean, I'm, I really take a lot of pride in that kind of thing, and, you know, I was, a, I was with Calipari and UMass in the 90s when they went to the Final Four, so, yeah, I've lucky you know some people say you're like Forrest Gump you know you end up everywhere in all these major sports moments uh, I've just been lucky to be able to do it and I love being in the NFL because you know I love all the other sports but there's nothing like an NFL Sunday it's kind of like the first couple of days of the NCAA tournament every week you know week three is amazing you know the NFL is fantastic and I'm really privileged to be a part of it I would do anything I'm a diehard Yankee fan not a Yankee fan diehard I'm freaking out that Aaron Boone managed to the game like it was spring training. Oh, he, he barely like he could care less. They get to the fifth inning, they go into the sixth. He throws no one in. I'm like, what? What about our studs in our bullpen? Bullpen. So they let the Astros and the Astros pounded them and have pounded them. But you got the Texans in Las Vegas and the Yankees in Houston. Fans got to be going yeah. crazy. Yeah, I, look, the Astros, they are amazing. Six straight ALCSs, and the way they pitch, JT, it's like nobody can get anything across on them. You know, they can wait all night for that big hit because no one's going to score on them. Look at the 18-inning game with Seattle. Look at last night with the Yankees. They can't do enough offensively against them. Too many arms available for the Astros, and I've seen it all year long because they seemingly win every game 2-1, to 2-0, two that kind of thing. So here they go again. We'll see how it works out. I'll see you in the press box. Mark, thanks so much for doing this. Have a great day. Thanks, JT. Appreciate you having me on. You got it, buddy. Take care. Mark Vandermeer, uh, the voice, former voice of the Hurricanes when they won the national championship. He's been the longtime voice of the Texans. Hear about that? Derek Carr playing catch with them. When Derek Carr's brother was there, Derek was in Houston all the time at those games with his family. Now Derek's got a family with four kids, and they're, they're all connected here. Uh, from talking to Josh McDaniels earlier, his brother – is part of the staff over there. Nick Casario knows Dave Ziegler. We'll talk about this later when Dave comes on. And Josh McDaniels also told me he expects his parents to be in the silver and black because he's head coach. So for the McDaniels, it's a pretty big deal. Remember in Canton where all those guys hooked up in Canton and 
Coach McDaniels played high school football there. Dave went to school in state. They all hooked up at John Carroll. There are connections here. And again, we're going to wait for tomorrow because tomorrow I'm going to be here for a little bit. I got Charles Woodson's golf tournament. See Wood! See Wood's in town. So Charles is here, and I'm going to be out with him tonight and tomorrow. So we got some things happening. We're going to play Josh McDaniels tomorrow. And I, I, I don't care if you don't care. I care. He's a human being. He's one in four. He's obviously not happy, but he cares about his son, who we got a chance to see over the bye week, be the star of the game in a high school football game. He cares. He's deeply invested in his job and his family. And that's one of the things I want to bring to you that I get to know behind the scenes that some people don't. And again, they don't want this record. I'm going to talk to Dave Ziegler coming up in an hour. They don't want this record. They have a program in process. The Raiders have lost a couple of really, really tight games. And I'm looking at the Texans. 20 to 20 overtime tie with Indy at Denver 16 to 9. Okay. At Chicago 23 to 20, they lost uh, versus the Chargers 34 24. They put up 24 against the Chargers. And at Jacksonville, they won 13 to 6. Holding Jacksonville to six points at home in Jacksonville, I want that recipe because the Raiders are playing there in a couple weeks. What the hell did they do, the Texans, where the Jaguars couldn't score? We need to look at that film really closely. 702-365-9200. Chris in West Oakland, always good to see him on the board. Go ahead. Hey, JT. Yeah, I- I'm glad you said what you said about McDaniels. You know, I've been critical, but people forget sometimes these guys are human beings with families, and I've never been personal. I might disagree with some of the personnel decisions, some of the play calling, but I know the guy's deeply invested. He wants to succeed here. I don't like necessarily the way they're going around it not be happy with certain things but i've never once wished any ill will i've never once called for his head after three weeks and i have full confidence they'll eventually get this turned around and i think more people need a little bit better perspective like you said these are people with families and kids not just football coaches and robots as far as the game this sunday look i'm not going to be able to get in tomorrow i'm going to give you an early prediction you want to know why they held jacksonville to six points because they got a solid defense they get turnovers something we don't do but i'm going to say this jt Looking at their schedule, they played the they played the Colts, they played the Broncos, the Jay. They haven't played a lot of offensive juggernauts. They've got a solid defense. This isn't the '85 Bears. I think the Raiders are really close to coming together and putting it all together on the offensive end. I think the bye week's going to do them good. They're going to get healthy. I expect them to come out and put some points on the board. They scored 30 points in back-to-back weeks, well, 29 against Kansas City. I think the, the recipe is there. Run Josh Jacobs off the passing game. I don't want to go into the game saying we got to pound Josh and let the defense win. We don't have that kind of a defense. It's the explosive plays, the deep passes, and the pass interference. That's what put the points on the board against the Chiefs. That is the Raiders' recipe going forward. They didn't go out and pay Devontae Adams, Derek Carr, Darren Waller, and Hunter Renfro to run the ball 40 times a game. Don't abandon the run, but play the run off the pass, not the other way around. My prediction is going to be this, JT, 34-27. They're going to get it done. If they can get a turnover or two on defense, I think they win this game by 10 or more. They haven't shown me they can do that or hold a team, but I do believe the offense is right there ready to put it all together, and this could be the week they really get rolling good. Thank you, my friend. Have a great time at the Seawood thing tomorrow. I know you always enjoy yourself. Yeah, thank you. I try to enjoy myself. Have a life off the radio and have a life within the Raiders. And, yeah, I'm a big fan of Charles Woodson, Woodson's Bourbon Whiskey, and the fact that Charles is a 
sponsor, a partner more so on this show is a big deal to me. Charles is fantastic. He's a really good guy. So Charles is in town here, and there's a lot of people in town. I got the list of the alumni who are going to be around. We're going to be at the Torch for the pregame show and really excited about that. So thanks to Mark Vandermeer who kicked off the show. Nate Hobbs is on IR. What about the Texans' defense? Chris just brought it in and told us what he thinks needs to happen. That's all I care about. I don't care if we get one call a show or 30. I want to hear from the best Raider fans who have the most to say. That could help with what we're trying to figure out here. It's a Rubik's Cube. It's a puzzle. We're trying to figure out what's going on. One and four and how they get on a hot streak. That's really the show for the next three weeks. You know, it hasn't been... You know, all this beauty and, wow, everything's flowers, everything's great. The team's off to an unbelievable start. We know what's going on. We all, especially season ticket holders and people spending money and people traveling and doing all that, we all know that. But what we're trying to figure out now is what do they need to do to unlock this offense from getting players in motion, working off play action. You would assume if you got a guy like Josh running the ball that well, you can do some play action. And the Waller injury to me is critical. I don't know what the update is today. We'll get it a little bit later on. Uh, When you have a hamstring issue and you're a thoroughbred athlete like him, you can't tear your hamstring. You can't pop it. You're done for the year. So you have to make sure you're right. And is he right? I don't know. I have no idea. But we'll ask around. We'll see what happens in practice. Vic Tafer is going to join us coming up here, I believe, at the bottom of the hour. Uh, Dave Ziegler at 1.30 and Vince Sapienza. And your calls. I'm really into baseball as a Yankee fan. What a disaster that was yesterday. The Astros, the Padres hit the ball all over the ballpark yesterday to even it up against the Phillies. Uh, The Lakers are in the news. They're getting a lot of heat because they were awful against the Warriors and what's happening there. And then all the news around the NFL around Daniel Snyder and Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft and what's going on between them. And there is some trade deadline news. There is some trade deadline news. There's some players out there that are still available. Odell Beckham Jr., Indomitian Sue, some of the other players out there. Tua News. Tua told the world that he was unconscious after being hit. Holy cow. What does that mean? And Brady chewing out his offensive line, which I think is fantastic. I love when quarterbacks break things. I like when quarterbacks throw things. I like when quarterbacks motivate their team. That's nothing to do with Derek Carr. And nothing to do with Daniel Jones. It has everything to do with Tom Brady. Tom Brady is in the news now. He is frustrated because he's only used to going to the playoffs and winning Super Bowls. And there's an intensity happening now in Tampa Bay and in some other markets. And then the real big story of what's happening with Russell Wilson. You want a big story in our division? It's Russell Wilson and what's going on with him with Denver. I'm just pissed off that the Chargers are four and two. They should not. They should be two and four, but they're not, and they're only going to get better. And Kansas City's coming off a loss, and they should have lost to the Raiders, and they could have lost to Tampa Bay. We've got to figure out what's going to go on with them. The monologue brought to you by PT's best happy hour in town, five to seven, midnight to two. Come join me at the Strat. Go check out the Strat. Walk around it. Go to the top. Go through the lobby, and you'll say, "Man, JT's been talking about Golden Entertainment in the Strat." If I haven't been there for a while, I need to go. And once you go, you'll love it there. It's that good of a time. All right, when we come back, Vic Tafer, we're kind of floating him in because he's at practice. The GM of the Silver and Black, Dave Ziegler, will join us. My first conversation with him since the start of the season. We'll go on a deep dive with him, Vince Sapienza, and your phone calls, 702-365-9200. Great to be inside the Raiders headquarters 
the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Your phone calls will get inside the Raiders headquarters. How cool is that? If I, if I were to say anything, the, the feeling I had today was excitement. Um, not only myself, but I would say our team at practice. There was a lot of energy, uh, a lot of joy, um, excitement, um, you know, a lot of enthusiasm, real enthusiasm. Um, you know, because we know, we know what we're capable of. Uh, capable of. Um, we, haven't, we didn't win as many games as we thought we would at this point. Uh, that's for sure. Um, but it's all within, you know, so many points. And so... We know that we're close, and again, well, we've always said this, close doesn't count, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, but, you know, like my Dodgers, man, hopefully we get hot at the right time. You know, they kind of went the other way, and that hurts my heart because I love them so much, you know. Uh, so hopefully we can go the other way. Look at Derek Carr with the Dodger reference as the Dodgers are done. My Yankees are still alive. I'm cranky Yankee after last night. Uh, did what I my dad taught me, which is I leave my house and I walk around the block after they lost the game. That's how my wife came up with the nickname Cranky Yankee for me. So I just walked out. Walked out because I don't want to bring grief and anguish to my dog and my wife. So I walked around, let it kind of get out of me. And I'm back to baseball today. I'm all over the Raiders today. Interviewed Josh McDaniels about an hour ago. You'll hear that here tomorrow. And we have Dave Ziegler, the GM, coming up. I'm excited to talk to Dave about where the team is and how they turn it around and what's going to happen here. So I'm excited because this is a game the Raiders need to win and they have to win. And this is against the team. You haven't heard me say bad team inferior team, anything like that, is a good football team. Good football teams are all around this league. Look at what the Jets and the Giants are doing. Look at what some of the teams that you didn't expect to be competitive are doing this year. The standings are remarkable. I didn't expect, I didn't expect at all to see Russell Wilson struggle like this. I didn't pick Denver to make the playoffs. I thought that Denver maybe be a wild card thing. I think I had Denver, I had Kansas City winning the division, Kansas City winning the division and the Chargers and the Raiders getting a wild card. How does that look now? It doesn't look very good, but I, I got one thing right. I did not have Denver, and I didn't think I didn't buy into this, but I didn't believe that we'd see something this bad from Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett. The Patriots are 3-3. Three and three. they got to be thrilled about that. Forget about Buffalo. Buffalo is going to run away with the East. They're absolutely going to run away with the East, and the Jets are only one game back. Miami has been very scared to put Tua in. I think if you look at all the big stories this year, what are the biggest stories in all of football on the field? What are they? I think number one or two is Tua. Once Tua went down and was concussed the first time, and they let him back in the game, there was a firestorm. Then he had to go to the hospital in Cincinnati. Then he's been ready to come back, and they won't let him play because the league and the Dolphins, I believe, are talking and, and, and talking about this, and it's not a good time for them. So we're going to see Tua come back here. The Steelers, the Raiders player in last place in the North. That's good news for the Raiders. And the Raiders play the Colts, Jaguars, and Texans. And none of those teams are great. But the Raiders lost to the Titans, and that wasn't a good team. So that's just on the AFC side. And there's some other games that I'm going to get to here in a little bit. 702-365-9200. Rudy is in Sacramento. Good to hear from you again, Rudy. How you been? I'm doing all right, JT. How you doing, my brother? Doing good. What's happening? Good, good, good. I, you know, I wanted to talk about something that I feel most people really haven't touched on. And, and for me, 
What concerns me the most on offense is the depth at running back. Uh, Josh Jacobs has been tearing it up. Uh, of course, everybody sees that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also know, though, that, you know, sometimes he gets these nagging injuries throughout the season. Thank God nothing's happened yet. But who's his backup? You know, uh, last year we had at least Drake that was running the ball for most of well, the They season. drafted Zeus, Amir White. I mean, that's, that's, the fu- that's one of the futures. They didn't pick up Josh McDaniel's fifth-year option, and they went and got a player, a running back of the future, who everybody's high on, but he hasn't seen much action because Josh is playing well. You know, Brandon Bolden, Amir Abdullah, Amir White. I mean, that's one of the things that are interesting here is that this is a team that's had more depth at running back than they do in the secondary, which concerns me. Yeah, well, no, you say you say that, JT, but the times that I've seen Zamir White on the field, and, and I get it, maybe he needs a few carries to kind of get into it but or to get a rhythm, but I've seen him the times we have given him the ball, um, and it's like a night and day drop-off between Josh Jacobs and him. So so they're really high on this kid. I, I hope they're right. I haven't seen much from him, but you know well, what? Wait, well, let me stop you. Let me stop you again. This, yeah, yeah, is, really, this is really important. He plays special teams. He's a backup running back with the ability to be what they think is a star. And I'm writing this down because I'm going to ask Dave Ziegler, the GM, about it. You're not going to see certain players play past what the starters are doing. Josh Jacobs is getting the snaps because he is feasting right now. And Zamir yep. White's going to have to wait his turn, and there's a lot of depth there. So uh, don't 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 throw in the towel on Zamir White. Like, you haven't no, seen no, him no, enough. I'm He's not. a big part of the future here. <laughs> Absolutely not. Don't get me wrong, JT. I'm not throwing, it, throwing in the towel. I'm just saying I just wish we had some more proven talent behind Josh mm-hmm. Jacobs. Uh, you, you know, that, that's all I'm saying. But let me, let me move on real quick to, to the, the special teams. Mm-hmm. If, if you remember, when we played Denver, the, one of the reasons why Denver was even able to make that game close the way that they did, we should have really mm-hmm. dominated them, even on the scoreboard. Special teams, we, we were giving them good field position all game mm-hmm. long, and, and that's one of the issues that, that I'm seeing, too. It's like if we're going to end up turning the corner here and winning some games, we are going to have to lock down on special teams. Those are things that are within our control. We can't be giving these teams really good field position like that uh, and then expect that we're just you know, the type of team that's going to just you know, shut them down like the Niners defense. We're not going to do that. So we got to take care of special teams. And then the last thing, I'll let you go, JT. I know mm-hmm. you're a busy man. I look at that defense, and, and, I, and I'm like you, man. I'm, I'm very concerned. Hobbs goes out. I'm hoping Averick could come in and at least, you know, kind of help out there. But I keep on thinking about Khalil Mack, and, and I'm wondering, why didn't we get Khalil Mack? I get it. Mm. Chandler Jones, a proven name. I like the guy. He hasn't really shown up the way that we thought he was mm. going to show up. Yeah. yeah, he's getting better now. Khalil Mack is dominant. They did send uh, San Diego. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. L.A. didn't give up too much to get him. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't we have got him? Yeah, got uh, listen. Max, we're good. Yeah, we covered that at that time. Appreciate the call. I'm a Khalil guy. Friends with Khalil off the field when, we, when I get a chance to see him. And I don't know. I, I think that Khalil, been there, done that. They didn't have $90 million in cash in Oakland to do that deal. There was no way John Gruden – could have worked out that deal at that point. $60 million, $90 million total, 60 guaranteed. That was the Oakland Raiders. They did not have the revenue structure to do it. Now, they could have figured it out one way, but they decided to go in another direction and build up the team in other position groups. I wish for Derek Carr that Khalil Mack was still on this team. I think he's got a lot, and he showed it in that first game, getting to Derek a few times. So they got what they need. Chandler Jones is a hell of a player. He hasn't burst yet. He hasn't popped yet. Hasn't played at his level. I'm assuming he will. 
I'm assuming that he's going to get going here. I keep using that term, boxer's legs. I think that without him playing in the preseason coming in here, not that he didn't work hard. I think he probably worked really hard. But he just wasn't hitting the ground running with speed off the edge like we expected him to see. Just like when I saw Triple G and Canelo ringside, and I'm sitting there ringside going, what's going on with Triple G? He can't, he can't throw anything yet. And then the fifth round came along, and boom, his legs came. They were flush. He started, started at least competing. We're starting to see the competition out of Chandler Jones, but I think fans have all the right reason to criticize him. What happens now, and the biggest change in our lives in sports, everyone, is money. That's really the big thing because players now – make 100 times more, 200 times more than the athletes that built this sport and were the bedrock of this sport. So when someone gets $50 million on a new deal or they get a free agent contract, what I've noticed as a sports talk host is that everybody compares everybody to the money. Well, is he living up to the money? Is he doing this or that? And that's what connects fans because fans have two or three jobs. Fans are out of work. Some fans are unemployed. And then you see an athlete and they're not living up to their contract. It really aggravates people. And I understand that. And I always talk about that. I'm a little bit different. I don't get in front of the money of Raiders because I work for the team here. And I'm not going to sit there and say, this guy doesn't deserve that or that. When they do get paid and they don't live up to the contract, then I talk about that. And I give you the opportunity all the time to criticize the athlete for performance and not living up to the contract. And we're doing that now. But if a player is injured... And it doesn't look like Chandler Jones is, but if a player is injured, I always say back off. They can't go. And if a player is healthy and not, uh, not playing well, that's why sports radio was invented. We need, we express, we need your opinions on this because there's only so far we can go talking about an athlete that we have to see in the locker room or travel with and talk about because you have a business relationship and you want them to do well. I never get in front of anybody's money. The day Derek signed his extension, we sat down with him 20 feet away in the studio. His wife and kids were there. I was thrilled that he got paid because I'm happy for him and his family. But we can criticize the contract all you want. There's a lot of guys here getting paid a lot of money. And I'm going to talk to Dave Ziegler about that coming up. But the players that he decided to extend and pay, well, those are the players that you're talking about the most. I don't want to hear about that. I want to know what you think. I think it's pretty cool that Josh Jacobs is playing for a contract. Playing hard. Would I have given Josh Jacobs an extension on the fifth-year option? I don't know. At times I think so. Other times I don't. I don't like to pay guys that average 50, 60 yards a game. But Josh now has exploded, and all of a sudden we're seeing 120, 140 yards a game. That's a different story than 60, 70 yards a game. Where I'm in a conundrum right now, is I'm trying to figure out when this offense is going to pop. I'm trying to figure out what it's going to do to take this team from the practice field all the way from the practice field and try to find a way to see them pop in a game. And it's easier said than done. Lovey Smith and his staff, they're game planning the Raiders now going, okay, see, see, see Devontae? We're going to double team him. That's going to be every game. See Darren Waller? We don't know if he's playing or not. If he does, we're going to double team him. That guy Matt Collins seems to be pretty good. Hunter Renthrow's back. Watch him on third down in the slot. And then, oh, whoa, whoa, we're giving up 164 yards a game. That's the Texans on the ground. Josh Jacobs is coming in. A lot happening there, man. This is, a, this is going to be a tough game. And I don't want to sweat it out, man. I don't want to make my walk like I always do over to the Modelo Cantina Club and looking through different areas of the concourse with like three minutes to go going, holy cow, 
Texans have the ball down four. They have the ball. I don't want one of those games. I want this thing to be in the can. As Chick used to say with the Lakers, the jello is jiggling. That's it. I want this game over at the start of the fourth quarter, but it probably won't be. Team gives up less than 20 points a game. Hey, quick reminder, this is a 105 kickoff. Okay, this is a 105 kickoff. It's not 125. So we've been getting used to these 125 games, everybody. This is not the case. We need everybody inside in their seats because there's a lot of entertainment coming, and I think you want to be in there. That's as much as I can give you now. But I think you want to be in there, and we're on the air at the torch from 11 a.m. to 12.30, 12.40, whatever it is. Come on out and have a Modelo. Hang out at the torch. See Eric Allen. we got a couple of alumni coming in. It'll be fun, but don't get lulled into this 125 start. It's 105. Get inside and text your friends and tell them all, hey, man, you might not have looked at your tickets, but it's 105. It's not 125. That's a big deal. That's the anthem. That's the entertainment. That's everything they're doing, and that's the start of the game. So you want to be in your seats here. I don't know how many Texan fans are going to come. I don't care. (laughs) I don't care who goes. I'm at a stage in my life now where i got to grow up. I can't sit here and check everyone's ticket. I can't look on your app to see. can't look at your app to see if you're going or not or if you're selling your tickets to another team. I can't do any of that. I, got, I just got to focus on my season tickets, my wife, me sitting in my section, hoping everybody's good. God, just get to, get, get to the game. And if you're going to sell your tickets, sell them to a Raider fan who actually shows up with a Raider gear on, a hat or a shirt or a jersey, and make it more of a home field. All right, here we go. We have Dave Ziegler coming up next hour, Vic Tafer and Vince Sapienza, The Insiders. I mean, yeah, there's, there's a bunch of them, but it was more so as a whole, just looking at it. It wasn't even just me or a route or something. You know, it's protection, different things like that. You know, there's, you know, whether or not the receiver's getting open, whether or not we can protect, you know, if we can sustain our running game. All of these things are obviously questions, in, you know, week in and week out. So when I speak on that more so, it's just the, the whole, you know, the, the thing as a whole. Obviously, 28's been told me doing a great job with that. Um, receivers been making plays. So it's um, the, there's a lot of good things. Like I said, it's just a little bit of an adjustment period. Devontae, coming back. JT with you as we continue on on the flagship Raider Nation radio. A busy day today. Busy next hour. The GM of the Raiders, Dave Ziegler, in studio. That'll be here at 1.30. Also, Vic Tafer coming up. Vince Sapienza. And my good friend now, Lee Sterling, joins us from Paramount Sports. ParamountSports.com, the long-term handicapper, advisor, great friend of the show. And Lee, it's interesting now. College football, you win one, you're still alive. You lose two, you're out of it. Let's begin with this Oregon game. I looked up, they're in the top 10 again. How'd that happen? And they're going up against UCLA with DTR, the quarterback who played at Gorman, and he's making plays like Lamar Jackson. How do you see this one? So even though they have one loss, some people might say they still have a chance. I doubt uh, they would be able to get in. I think UCLA appears to be really the only team besides teams in the SEC, Big Ten, or Clemson with a shot of getting into the college football playoff. Now, Oregon, I mean, since that opening day thrashing to Georgia, they're 5-0 and straight up, 4-1 and against the spread. They have looked really good. Bo Nix, uh, I mean, 12 touchdowns, only three interceptions, 
averaging 8.3 yards per attempt. But DTR, different level, 15 touchdowns. He's averaging 9.3 yards per pass attempt and completing almost 75% of his passes. Problem I have here, if you're going to go against one side, is Oregon. Their defense, they're ranked 115th against the pass, 90th in yards per play allowed. You're not going to win any championships or even any conference challenge championships with those type of numbers here. Uh, Wrong team favored. UCLA outright here, 42-38. Yeah, I agree with you on that. One other point I want to follow up on. You make a good point because Michigan's going to play Ohio State. There's a loss there. Alabama's already lost. They can backdoor mm-hmm. and get in, but they have to win out. Old Miss, I don't think, is going to win out. So they're seven. They're going to probably drop back. TCU is an interesting team for me. As they keep winning, they move the five spots. But they got to find a way to win their conference championship game and be perfect. You don't have to be perfectly in the SEC. You can lose, and even a Big Ten team, but a team like UCLA, as you mentioned, you got to run the table. Well, think think about it this way. Also, if Alabama runs the table, they're in. If let's say uh, we get someone like Tennessee loses mm-hmm. to Georgia, they could get in as the fourth team, and and, and Georgia only loses to Alabama. So. You know, the SEC is still king right now. Uh, they are based. This whole process is based to get SEC teams in. Uh, let's go to the NFL. Denver, minus one against the Jets. I mean, a lot of sharps are looking at the Jets saying, have they arrived? I don't buy into it just yet because of the schedule here and the quarterback there. But I never thought that Russell Wilson would struggle this much, Lee. Never in my wildest dreams did I think that he'd be this bad. Maybe a struggling transition period. But this is god-awful with Nathaniel Hackett and the Jets have a really good chance here as a live dog. How do you see it? So, uh, Hugh Millen, former NFL quarterback, said, was even talking about it a couple of years ago, he had been able to watch tape and, and watch him live and felt that uh, he had really fallen off, wasn't reading defenses, uh, his play had suffered, and, you know, sometimes, you know, we, we think of a quarterback and we think 35, 37, 38, but sometimes quarterbacks age differently and they look the same in the uniform, but Sometimes even 31, 32-year-olds can start falling off, and that might be the case with Russell Wilson. I just checked. This is the first time I'm going to take the New York Jets and have included (laughs) them in a game in 12 years on your show. Why? They have some big-time players. Quinnen Williams last week against Green Bay had two sacks, three quarterback hits, a forced fumble, and a block field goal. And then... Boy, did they draft extremely well. Brees Hall, look at this kid, second-round pick from Iowa State. He's had at least 120 rushing yards uh, and also a touchdown in each of the last two games here. Um, this is a team that's playing extremely well. 4-2 and two right now and 3-0 and oh on the road. First time since 2010. They believe in themselves here. They're just quite out the better team than Denver. Another wrong team favorite. The Jets here outright 24-20. Wow, first time in 12 years on this show you're going with the Jets. I don't have that memory. I could go back and find it, Google it maybe, but, man, that's a hammer from Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. All right, this is a game that I think is really important. Chiefs 49ers. 
49ers haven't been healthy. I think they have one of the best rosters out there. They're 2-0 at home, and Kansas City just, I like them. They're a little bit more explosive, but Kyle Shanahan wants his offense in Santa Clara to just be like Andy Reid's and what they do with Kittle at tight end, what they're able to do with Ayuk, what they can do with Debo. This is like a dream for Kyle Shanahan to go up against Andy Reid. I think he's got some pretty good weapons, and they're banged up. Let's talk about this one, Kansas City, minus 2.5 on the road in Santa Clara. If they were healthy, I'd pick San Francisco, and I wouldn't even hesitate. But they are severely depleted because of injuries on the offensive line, defensive line, and cornerback position. Maybe the most important position, defensive line. No Nick Bosa. A couple other key guys will not play in the game. And you got to have seven, eight guys you can rotate on the defensive line if you want to rush Patrick Mahomes and, you know, keep him honest. The Chiefs' defense has improved, only held – uh, and, and held the Bills to 24 points last week, six points below their average. And uh, I just think when you look at San Francisco, uh, three wins here and also three losses. What's happened? Their losses were to the Bears, the Broncos, and the wow. Falcons here. So uh, no easy scheduling here. They're finally going to get the big boys, the Chiefs here. I don't think they're built for shootouts here. I like Kansas City. The right team is favored by two touchdowns, 34-20. Two touchdowns. Yep. <laughs> I don't say San Francisco. I lived in San Francisco. I remind yep. all Niner fans, they moved to Santa Clara. That's a right. long way away. That's like driving from the tip of South Beach up to see the Dolphins play now. you got to call it in the town <laughs> that they're from. Hey, tell everybody how to get your game of the week because it's the Cowboys and Dak coming back. And I know you got good information on this and you've been working on it. And in Detroit, I don't know if a team that was more hyped up on hard knocks over the last 10 years than Detroit and their coaches, I think they're going to clean house here pretty quick if they don't show up. How do we get Dallas and Detroit? Big game for both teams. Detroit's got to win, I mean, just to probably keep their coaches and most of their personnel around if they want to make it to next year. Dallas, uh, they can't fall too far behind here Philadelphia. So you want to find out if Dallas rolls or can Detroit keep it close or pull off the stunner, call 800-400-9741. We'll give you the game for free. 800-400-9741. We've been on a roll. Eight out of ten winning weeks. We rate our selections from 10 to 50 units. We hit our two biggest plays of the year last week with Air Force and college football, Buffalo Bills and the NFL. You want to get involved? How about this? Baker's dozen, 13 games combined, Saturday and Sunday, just $97.00. Just one place, and we do every sport. Baseball playoffs were 13 and 10. Hockey started off 15 and 5. NBA, 2 and 1. And also the UFC, UFC. on Saturday morning from Abu Dhabi. Seven selections, $47, one place. ParamountSports.com. Have a great weekend, Lee. Good luck. Thanks, JT. Lee's great. I would do business with him. I refer people to him because he's great. And he's got a track record, and it's documented, 800-400-9741. There's a lot of scam artists in Vegas over the years on the radio. I repeat, scam artists with numbers and all this. They're not even allowed to walk into these sports books. But they're out there, and they're throwing their numbers out like that. The only reason Lee's on this show, he's been vetted. He's been vetted at ParamountSports.com. And again, he says it's the first time in 12 years on this show he's picking the Jets. Wow, the Jets. Now, for Raider fans, you want Denver to lose, of course. But if the Jets win, that's a wild card team standing in front of the Raiders if you're talking playoffs. I don't talk playoffs on this show until the Raiders get to 500. You haven't heard me use the P word. Not once. No. 
if the Raiders get to 500, I'll be dropping the P word in all the time. But we've got to wait. Got to win this game against the Texans. All right. Vic Taper is out of practice. Vince Sapienza and the GM, Dave Ziegler. How's that for a radio show? All coming up next hour. Brought to you by Grimaldi's Best Pizza I Ever Had.